evening, everyone. Welcome to our Thursday night webinar. And there's talk about changing the time to be a bit earlier because we are starting to get fans in Europe who resent being six hours later, um, having to come in at like 4 a.m. or something. So, um, uh, well, no, it's 2 a.m. But, and God forbid this should be in Russia. So uh, we may be changing, but you'll, you'll have plenty of notice as we move forward. All right, well, uh, I'm gonna start right off with the, uh, while people are coming in, I'm just gonna do the basics and uh, here we go. So this is the Water's New Gold. And um, it's interesting because uh, the brokers, um, the compliance department of the brokerage firm said, hey, you can't say that. And I showed them about five articles where like everybody says Water's New Gold. We're not, I said, well, it's not us. <laughs> Fortune and everyone else, Market Watch, they're all saying water's a new goal. So um, they let me off the hook. They allowed it. All right. So it is uh, increasingly a vital, scarce, and recession proof market, and that matters. So um, today is Thursday, August 5th. All right. Now, um, of course, you can listen in Spanish. There's a globe sign at the bottom and um, you'll be all set. And we may even add more languages such as French. Um, who knows, we may end up with a lot of languages, which is all good. All right, usual forward-looking statement. Uh, obviously, many things we say here predict the future. They are all estimates. We do our very best, but the final result could differ materially. Okay. So good news, we filed yesterday. Uh, <laughs> it's the longest, well, the longest delay. It, these things kill me now. And I'll show you in a little bit how come that was because I have the auditor's report to show to you. And um, the Q2 filing is looking very good. Um, the auditors feel it will be on time. We're saying on time or close to it. Definitely Q3 filing on time. There's been a lot of uh, streamlining of what's going on in finance. So I'm not gonna do a review of the auditor's presentation to the board. This is a rare insider look, but I thought you might enjoy it. All right, so um, I'm gonna flip through the less important stuff. Um, no illegal acts, fraud, et cetera, obviously. Uh, we, couldn't have, we would not have been able to file if anything was wrong. Um, these are all the things that they did, which is a long list of things, but here's what's important. Um, if you look at equity, which is the orange on the right and the pink top left preferred stock, those two items were the items that really bogged us down with 18 classes of preferred stock. And um, I blame Ken, basically. That's, that's who I blame. I blame Ken for everything. But seriously, um, it, it was a big challenge, but that is behind us. All right, so let's see. Um, financial statements appear to be properly stated in accordance with US generally accepted auditing, uh, accounting procedures. And um, basically the usual uh, stuff, um, nothing special here. And it's all consistent, et cetera, et cetera. All right, so I'm gonna go over the, um, I'm going to share screen again. I'm going to review the results, and um, they were not great. Uh, the first three months, 
um, compared to remember that that the first three months of 2020 were pre-COVID and we were on a roll, then we hit. And um, I would say that we were still in recovery mode here in the first three months of this year. So reductions in revenue, gross profit, loss of operations widened. Um, and it's basically, this is, you know, there's nothing much can be said about it. We just did less business. The good news is, of course, that we ha we've had rebounds in Q2 and expected for Q3, where modular water systems um, literally in June did almost a million dollars in the last week of June of orders. And then progressive water treatment, um, mostly in Q2, did a ton more. So if you look at the previous slide, which uh, re had revenue of only um, 796, well, that means that they did, um, you know, a ton more over a million dollars, um, a bit less than a million dollars in, in um, and this is just orders, right? Now, with MWS, that's 2.6 million, which means that almost 2 million were done on top of Q1. We'll see how it goes, but that, and when I say we'll see how it goes, remember we're dealing with uh, revenue, which takes much longer than sales. Now, um, and of course, there was that big order that the POs are expected this month, and um, that will boost revenue over time. So not great for Q1, but we have definitely rebounded into Q2, and Q3 looks really good. All right. With that, I'm going to flip to our new strategic presentation, and Mr. Ken Berenger is joining me, and hopefully my, uh, my NBC video won't start playing in the middle of his presentation or else he'll probably shoot me. <laughs> it's okay. I, I, I could, uh, I could use a, a little distraction on my, uh, with my cold and all, um, I'll, I'll muddle through how, good evening. How are you? Well, I'm glad you're there anyway. Yeah. I'm here in, in, in spirit anyway. Okay. So I'm going to stop share. So basically, um, this is something you and I have been working on. Uh, which is which embodies all the new uh, second water revolution stuff, and I'll let you um, I'll let you show it off. I'm going to share it from my screen now. Correct? Yes. Okay. And are we are we good? We are good. We are okay. Good. I don't have any um, I don't have any Windows running, so I won't get any embarrassing ads. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Unlike nothing, me. Yeah. Nothing to it. Like maybe you know. I don't know. Anyway, it, <laughs> it opens up too many jokes. I'm going to leave it alone. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah. So what you and I have gone to is back into the lab to kind of, um, we, we've had the idea for months. Our, 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 our audience knows the idea. It was how to articulate it and, and how to organize it uh, where it wasn't kind of bouncing all over the place. And I, I think we've done that. So what, uh, what I'll do is I'll turn off my, my uh, camera. Um, and really uh, what I want to basically do, and I, I, I think we can make this case very powerfully now, is how water on demand with the dual coin strategy um, not only solves the global water crisis potentially by decentralizing water the way cell phones decentralize telecom, it creates uh, with, a, you know, with the addition of our dual tokens and so forth, it creates a globally adopted digital currency around a brand new asset class. And I think that'll trigger potentially the largest wealth creation event in a generation. And it also has that secondary wonderful effect of, be, be, of potentially saving millions of lives. So we've done this before. 
Uh, no one needs to be told that there's a crisis. The water's really bad. It's getting worse by the day. Um, so like the broken water report that we send out um, tells you, I can highlight a couple of pretty disturbing statistics. 80% uh, of all sewage is dumped into the world's water supplies, okay? Um, 3.2 billion people live under severe water distress. Um, remember this number, because uh, we're going to call this back later. 84% of the world's fresh water is consumed by and polluted by agriculture and industry, okay? Water infrastructure um, spending is, is really no longer, uh, almost no longer being handled by government. Uh, the spending has cratered. Uh, it's now fallen on the private sector's shoulders to take up the slack. Um, 40 years ago, it was 63% of all water infrastructure was, was funded by government. Now it's 9%. I heard last, it might even be as low as seven. We'll just stick with nine. But now it's fallen on the private sector to take up the slack. Now that's exactly where we operate. That's where this massive opportunity comes in, okay? So it's impossible to fix the world's water problem, even the US's water problem, it's impossible with an existing infrastructure with the big public works mentality. You know, that first water revolution that took place in the early part of the 20th century, because it would take, of course, decades. It would cost tens of trillions of dollars that no one has. So we know that the old public works utility model is not the solution. It requires this constant capacity upgrade, millions of miles of pipes, which of course the cost overruns would be insane. New York City, which you featured a couple of weeks ago, Riggs, that one tunnel took 50 years uh, and it was a $6 billion cost. So imagine trying to globalize that. So obviously that's not the solution. So what is the solution? Using modern technology, using privatization, using FinTech, we think that we've um, in fact cracked the code. So uh, remember agriculture and industry? Well, I remember 84% of all fresh water is consumed by them, okay? So that presents an opportunity, scarcity of fresh water, rising water rates, a burgeoning need, and a massive privatization, a massive shift to privatization, we think creates a once, maybe in a century, opportunity. An opportunity from a water standpoint to cut the cord, to use kind of a Netflix term. Um, so local corporate self-help, we think can spark a global water gold rush. Uh, we wanna make each system a privately owned, in this case, investor owned micro utility. This triggers a global water revolution and it centers around a build at home self-help, right? Now remember the term build at home because the question will arise later, well, where is home? That's exact, build at home is exactly how we scale this globally later on. So um, this is new, there's no capital to fix water projects. How do we fix it? Well, what if we already have the fix? Um, the final ingredient to spark a global, glo global water gold rush is to make each system privately owned, privately funded micro utility. That actually solves the problem. We've already unlocked that in previous iterations of this concept, all right? So the 21st century version of the modern world is already built. Um, we just needed to capitalize it and we need to connect it. That triggers that second gold of age of innovation uh, through water, okay? So what if 
connecting it all could spark a, a building revolution like we saw in the previous century. What if it required somebody outside of the water business to work entirely around the limitations of a century old school of thought? I think that's what we've done, what we've accomplished. So we've already described water on demand as, the, as that answer to the problem. Now we fully expected to do to water, for one analogy, to do to water, what cell phones did to telecom what streaming did to entertainment, et cetera. But digital currency, fintech, these things didn't exist even 20 years ago. That can accelerate this process to a fraction of the time of previous global disruptions. And that's the exciting part. So think of it as a global revolution of privatized investor-owned micro-utilities that specifically cater and empower small to mid-sized businesses, even small to remote communities. This is the exact place where water is badly neglected due to their remote location, due to their lack of capital, or due to both. Okay, so we've done this, you know, kind of cellular telecom shift, small business, housing developments, animal farms, campgrounds, you know, you name it. That's where, that's where we exist. And that's our strength. So what we're doing right now is um, we're catering to small businesses, uh, small businesses, mid-sized businesses, half the U.S. economy. Water on demand creates a globally scalable, totally painless water treatment model by subscription. And no one's priced out of it. Okay. So remember when I said, if you fix water at the point of discharge in areas currently doing nothing, due to lack of credit, lack of capital, or by nature, their remote location. If you fix it there, it gets better everywhere by leaps and bounds. Well, that fixing it there encompasses 80% of the water pollution and a $4 trillion untouched market. That's our opportunity right now, okay? So think about it like this. If you knew for a fact there were massive population centers where millions of people needed shelter, but could not afford to buy homes. This kind of would appeal to Ivan, right? But they could easily afford rent. Um, and in fact, had the money to rent right away. Well, how quickly would you want to build or invest in already built high density housing in those locations? That's exactly what water on demand enables. Instant access to clean, safe water with no upfront expense. So how does that work? Well, I explained it to a lot of people. Um, they're going to sign a water purchase agreement. It's some sort of contract to basically pay for the water without, you know, basically buy the milk without the cow. Um, it's almost exactly like the current arrangement that most folks are engaged in for their internet service, their telecom service, electric service, water service. The only difference is that those facilities deliver that service to your location from some offsite location. So you're buying the milk and they own the cow. This service will be delivered entirely you know, on-site, but from an on-site um, apparatus. Now, be because all water has to be solved at the point of discharge. So we're gonna continue to retain ownership of the cow and they pay for the milk, that only the milk that they use. And it must be contracted to the quality that uh, is outlined in the contract or they don't pay, which is the next part of the equation. Remote monitoring, 24 seven. 
guarantees every drop of water passing through the system meets the standard that's in the contract outline or they don't pay for it. So I'll give you an analogy. We're doing this um, Zoom meeting and we're all sitting on our computers and we all pay our internet service provider um, whatever we pay for a thousand megabits per second. That's our broadband, our high-speed broadband. We all pay for a thousand megabits per second. None of us get it. At times it's close enough where it functions well. And at times when it drops off, we know. We lose signal, uh, the packets get lost and it's a mess. We never, ever, ever get the thousand megabits per second that we pay for. So here's the thing. Um, if I created a meter that went on your, remote, on your um, modem, and you got to see that modem and you got to see that meter and you only paid for the minutes, hours, days, weeks, whatever, that you received on a monthly basis, the thousand megabits per second, I would be the only internet service provider in a year. Or more realistically, I would force the rest of the industry to be as accountable. That's what we already have with our remote monitoring capabilities with water. Okay, and I think that that's a game changer. So here's what happens. We have a simple, elegant subscription model, fully outsourced water, a micro utility placed where it's needed. The end user goes about their life or runs their business. They never have to worry about their money, about their uh, water. We handle everything. So it's total outsourced wherever it's needed. So we go from, the benefit to them is obvious. We go from a salesman to focusing on decades of service where the margins are many, many, many times that of a one-time sale. So the benefit to the client, obvious, the benefit to us, our shareholders, and to the water industry more broadly, is the model is a phenomenally profitable one. So the, that's the hardware and service layer, okay? And that's, that's where this is kind of concluding. We've got a $20 million fund. We believe it'll generate our pro forma shows 488 million dollars over a 25-year period. That same $20 million of equipment, if we simply sold it once, would generate some tiny fraction of that raise. I, I'm, I'm going to guess somewhere uh, on, the, on the order of 5 million. So imagine being able to take something from 5 million and generate you know, 488 million. That's what doing it as a service does. Now, that's the hardware and service layer. Here's the fun part. Digital currency, it enable us to globalize and democratize everything we do. Our dual token system, Clear Aqua and Dollar Sign H2O. So here's the concepts, universal participation by industry, water companies every day. Um, in, in philanthropists can actually earn money on their philanthropy, okay? And you're gonna create tens, hundreds, thousands of business opportunities all over the world, particularly in the developing world. So let me explain what these concepts mean. It allows for any quality water company anywhere on the planet to participate in this process. It creates almost an instant global community. It allows a philanthropist to actually make money. It puts second and third world companies to work building on the new modern world. It lifts those companies and workers into a global middle class like we had in the turn of the century, last century in the US. It removes governments from the equation, generally a good thing, but it, helps, it also helps spark. And I think this, I wanna go back to it because it's important. It helps spark a true global new deal. 
now the you know the the new deal uh, uh, of the previous century create you know helped create infrastructure and also helped create the american middle class the difference is this will not be funded by taxpayers it will not be funded by printing money it's all investors participating in profits uh, so the new deal reference was just to describe the scope of it okay which is massive but the last part is this also clean water has the potential to save millions of lives so here's a little here Riggs, you've gone over this previously um as the guy who designed it with the designers um you had a high level i'm going to describe it as somebody who kind of came in after and and describe my understanding of it the clear aqua community here uh, are token holders so you know we launched the clear aqua token they're going to be some way incentivized to report or suggest water problems that need solving now, a good model to look at as, as a kind of an analogy for this is something called STEMIT, S-T-E-M-I-T model. Uh, Dan Larimer was the creative. It works beautifully. It compensates social media posts. So it's the same idea. This will incentivize people to report water problems. So maybe there'll be 10,000 reports or suggestions that are sent up to the delegates that are filtered by these delegates. This is more, this is more like your Congress, okay? So what they do is they filter them. Uh, and they send a reduced number of proposals to clearaqua.org. Now, clearaqua.org, we will own that subsidiary. Uh, there'll be an ombudsman, a, a neutral arbiter uh, of Clearaqua. He will use—he will be a water expert, of course. He'll—he'll he'll use his expertise and the feasibility of the job to decide which are the final projects to be put down. And they'll be using the capital raised on the other side by investors. So these fully funded projects are then manufactured by modular water for now, okay? But eventually companies all over the world. Now, remember when I said build at home? Is home Africa? Is home Asia? Is home Europe? Is home South America? The answer is yes, okay? Um, and, and that's you know kind of the virtuous cycle part of this thing. But home is everywhere local problems exist. Charity becomes capitalism and it creates jobs. Water problems are then solved on site. Revenue generating vehicles, which then return dividends and capital to the investors. So we see this sparking a modern world construction era, you know, each on a scale similar to what the US saw in the early 20th century. But in this case, this could be happening on that type of scale in dozens, perhaps hundreds of locations eventually around the world the developed and the developing world. And the wealth creation that you know 10 or 20 or 30 of these occurrences could create is absolutely staggering if history holds true. Here's what I mean. We had a golden age of modernization that took place in the previous century, okay? A uh, hundred years ago, a handful of what we refer to now as robber barons essentially built the 20th century as we understood it. Um, they created more individual wealth than at any point in human history. Even by today's standards, Bezos, Zuckerberg, Musk, they don't even compare. The top six alone amassed over a trillion dollars in personal wealth. There were a dozen more that I don't even mention in this list here, but the wealth was concentrated in, a, in a, just a handful of people. Now, true, they employed tens of thousands and, and, and you know, enabled companies, but this was you know, happening almost exclusively in the US and Europe. What we are proposing is a modernization 
everywhere else, including the U.S. and Europe. If this, if, if this sort of wealth could be amassed in the U.S. and Europe alone, what could be produced in the 80% of the world where no systems exist? Remember, no upfront cost to create this. So we think we can create adoption around the world in a fraction of the time using these dual tokens. Places like um, Africa and Asia took decades to introduce fully cellular technology. Carlos Slim is a billionaire from doing just that. So instead of creating two or three trillionaires from this opportunity, digital currency can democratize mm -hmm. this and create the potential for tens of thousands of millionaires to build true middle class in parts of the world where it was never gonna be possible before or maybe since. And it's gonna be very similar, I think, hopefully, God willing, to what we saw in the US in the early part of the 20th century. So what it comes down to is I'll lay out kind of four liquidity events that we're planning rigs through our efforts uh, and with our partners uh, to drive the underlying common stock to higher levels. And before I do that, understand that we've created a financial instrument that bends over backwards to assure uh, that the investors are in the best position to make money, not just when the stock does well, of course, that's easy, but also if it's just holds its own or even if the stock doesn't perform or even goes the wrong way. Everything we do is price protected. So the, the, the principal amount of your investment stays the principal amount of your investment until you convert to common. So up, down or indifferent, price protection holds the value of the investor's investment, okay? So we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a ceiling and we'll have a number of liquidity opportunities that take place through warrant uh, exercise. Let me explain. So private placement shareholders will have, you know, we're gonna have this initial funding of water on demand. That's gonna be funded by private placement, okay? We're gonna launch the Clear Aqua Network. This is T plus 90, folks. So between now and before the end of the year, we expect to fund water on demand, launch Clear Aqua, launch H2O, uh, start to deliver some profits from the water on demand uh, concept. And uh, those first, ser first service contracts will be launched uh, and with remote managed, you know, 24 hour a day uh, monitored sites. So the private placement shareholders will have nice price protected positions where, you know, the stock right now is eight or nine cents. We could see significant movement before year's end with the, with, with the, with the creation of this event. Um, so the first liquidity event is in the common stock, T plus 90. If the stock is higher than it is today, you can convert to common stock. No guarantees, of course. Of course not. But, you know, there you could either hold or, you know, or sell your stock. It's the investor's choice. Okay. So T plus 180 through now through the end of the year into early next year. So our asset paves the way for, a, you know, a potential NASDAQ listing. Um, we've got the Clear Aqua Network. It starts to have some valuation. The model begins to pay stakeholders. And lo and behold, a new asset class is born. We might even have an early indication next year of when or if or when a NASDAQ listing could be a reality, a reality and give some sort of indication of that. Now, we think that if that happens, okay, and that's what we're working towards, I think that can also create secondary, what they call arbitrage buying, people buying in anticipation of a new listing. Regardless of whether you've sold the stock at this point or held the stock, 
we anticipate a lot of value being created there. And um, so the stock's got some value, but now these underlying warrants are now in the, potentially in the money. So what you'll essentially be able to do is get a second bite at that apple, whether you sold the stock or not, okay? And of course, this is our best, you know, our best efforts. There's no guarantee, but we think we'll get there. Now, this is going out late 2022, early 2023. The modernization of the world's water is well underway. Hopefully by this point, NASDAQ has happened. We're working with a firm right now uh, already um, to expand that first $20 million raise to kind of launch the pilot to go to $300 million, okay? So that goes from 100 systems generating almost a half a billion dollars to approximately over 25 years to approximately over a thousand systems generating estimated over $7 billion uh, proportionately uh, over 25 years. So instead of potentially paying out 43 million in anticipated yields to, uh, to the stakeholders, it's closer to 650 million. And we're now working with potentially at this point, dozens of water companies, both here in the US and around the world to, to you know, produce these worldwide systems. They employ tens of thousands of people in a new micro utility asset class. And they're doing this in both manufacturing and servicing. So where our stock is at this point, I couldn't even speculate. But the instrument I'm about to show you clearly shows how now may be the time, okay? So here is our Series U. Some of you folks have seen this. So it's a $100,000 investment. It's tagged at 20 cents. It's collared at 20 cents. So what that means is that if we get these types of growths, that we, which we certainly hope for, if people aren't going to be jammed to try to convert quickly. Right? I talk about converting, either holding or selling. You won't be in a rush. No matter where the stock is, higher than 20, you'll be able to convert at 20 cents. So let's just, you know, let's just say that this thing bounces along over the next year and we do achieve a dollar a share, which again, no guarantees. $100,000 investments are already worth $750,000. Now you can take that money off the table. And here's why that's perfectly okay the warrants come in. So now you have an opportunity to exercise a warrant. If the stock is here, you're exercising at 10 cents. That creates another $900,000 potential profit in a secondary instrument that you didn't pay for. It was, um, what would I call it? Um, it was an added bonus inherent in the private placement above and beyond the common stock. So you'd have a second bite at the apple, which could even generate more potential profit at the same price point than even the, uh, than even the common stock. So you know, I can talk about NASDAQ listing and where the prices of the stock could be at that point. The point is that gets a little bit in columns beyond here, and it may be a little bit soon to talk about that. If all of this just manifests itself at a stock between 50 cents and a dollar, a $100,000 investment, as you can see, is very, very significant over the next few years, okay? Now, this is our Series U, and there's a little magic that Riggs and I sprinkled in here, and it's a second 10 cent warrant. So that gets activated at $250,000, Riggs, right, Riggs? Right. So here's what I did, just to be a wise guy, <laughs> I said, let's do one at 249999. So if, a, if an investor invests 249999, stock reaches a dollar, it's tremendous. It's 400, it's $4.3 million. Again, no guarantee. I'm saying if then at $1, uh, a $250,000 investment is worth 4.3. 4 
if he invests an additional dollar, the, here's what the magic happens. It activates the second warrant. And look what happens. I apologize. That extra, you want to let him talk first? That's fine. I'll, I'll go after <laughs> All right. Um, so All right. I apologize. Go ahead. That's okay. So we add a single dollar to the investment. It, it, it activates the second warrant. So where you are at 249999, you're at $4 million of profit. Again, no guarantees, but that's the potential at a dollar. At 250, it's 6.3. So it's very, very powerful. And we did this because we really believe the faster we can implement this, the faster it becomes a reality. Our confidence level is, we think that this is a win, not an if. And we're gonna work very hard to make, to make sure that you know we do everything we can to make that a reality. So anybody has questions, you can call this funny looking guy. I will not be wearing a suit and tie, but um, you can contact me at oc.gold forward slash Ken, or you can, uh, you can just click that on my calendar. Or for those of you who have my phone number, you can dial me direct and we can set up a call. And that's pretty much it. Wow, well, fantastic, Ken, thank you so much. Uh... And um, I think th there's a couple more slides that talk about the CEO briefing and so forth. <laughs> you're totally well, they're the on the CEO briefing. So Dude, I'm you're so in the dark. You're in the I know. Well, it, it, well, it's dark. There now. we go. <laughs> I'm at work, guys. Just so you know. Uh, it was like ghost town. That was cute. My, my children have asked me to send a picture so they remember what I look like. Exactly. Well, listen, it, it's good. Uh, it was uh, a lot of work today and the last few days, but well worth it. And uh, we're going to start uh, sharing it. It, of course, it'll be in the replay as well. <clears throat> so I'm going to quickly get on uh, because we're already at 8.37 and I don't like to go much beyond 8.40. So um, I wanted to quickly cover an article here about DAOs. What is a DAO? A DAO is basically a um, decentralized, um, uh, basically it's an organization that, um, that, allows for decentralized um, finance so that people can vote and so forth. And um, the, the beauty of this is, is this is exactly what we're talking about doing. Um, there's all kinds of interesting things about this. Again, I'm not going to spend much time on it, but um, the, oops, went too far. So um, in fact, I think I'm going to pull up the, um, article here um, because so this decentralized autonomous organization is what we're talking about doing with um, clear aqua and is proving to be very very powerful um, if it hadn't been for some glitches a few years ago DAOs would be everything that people did but it's now starting to take off so um, it um, is something that you can look forward to what's great about it is a lot of people are involved I think something like 64,000 people are involved with working in DAOs. So um, very, very interesting stuff. All right, now I'm gonna move on to another quick story. This is the, the video that kept intruding on our day. Um, and the reason I bring this up is because California decided to um, override the rights of water holders. This is, this is a problematic thing um, because We've had a lot of things happen with um, government mandates, obviously, um, and I'm not gonna discuss these, but this is a, another example of that, where there's water shortages 
and the water board um, approved emergency regulations to stop um, landowners from diverting water. It would have been more, much smarter to work with these, these um, farmers to uh, basically manage their water better. And the lack of, of um, foresight here has created this crash emergency. We're, we knew this, it's been years. Right? We've been doing documentaries about the water drought for years, and here we are. Um, so here's the thing. It's one of those moral hazard things. If, if, if water rights can be overridden, then, um, then there's a problem with the water right. So it's very destructive. I, even, even, um, even this Democrat uh, said it was one of the most destructive measures possible. So now the reason I bring it up is that we have got to take control of our water. Water is becoming a political football here as droughts start to kick in and so forth. And because people are being reactive and they're showing up way after the horse has left the barn, they're doing all these like really um, repressive activities. And this is not good. So we need to engage the second water revolution, in my opinion, really fast. So uh, that's just my little editorial for the day. I just thought I'd mention that. And um, I'm not gonna spend any time on this because Ken spent time on these um, um, offerings, but he has a full picture. Please talk to him. He's, as you can tell, he's very, very knowledgeable. And we are going to have another fantastic briefing next week. It's really um, a lot of fun doing these uh, presentations. Um, I want to just uh, quickly scan the, um, the chats to make sure we covered everything um, because people were just speaking up. Yeah, so JRW, you know, obviously, um, you know, that people have money and power to solve the issues of water, but they have other agendas. Um, that's a political issue. But uh, Rick Garcia said, I like building at home and then enabling the creation of local manufacturing, which would help overcome trade and regulatory barriers um, and would enable populations to be distributed away from already congested cities, such as India and China. Bill, uh, who has joined us through the uh, High Chloe Cloud Network on LinkedIn, uh, says, great presentation, thanks for uh, sharing. And uh, Rick Garcia calls it a new blue deal. New blue deal, I like that, I like that very, very much. So, um, and Ivan is uh, chiming in about philanthropic investors, which we feel, as you can tell, is a critical part of the overall strategy. Well, that's where we are. Uh, Davis, uh, how do I start investment? That's a very good question. Benjamin Davis, um, just go ahead and talk to, I'm, I'm typing in oc.gold slash Ken, talk to Ken about investing. Um, of course, you have to be accredited or non-US. We will have accredited, um, unaccredited investor options coming, but it has to, it has to happen still. All right, now, um, also, um, Jim says, you mentioned crypto. Where do we find out more about this? That's a very good question. Last week's briefing, if you go to uh, originclear.com slash CEO, and you look up the, the briefing that I did, there's a video that I, that I played. I'm not going to play it again right now because we're out of time, that where I talk about this and I also walk through that whole chart that, that Ken briefly showed on screen. There'll be much more about that. Make sure that you, you're signed up for our newsletter. And um, I definitely look forward to uh, keeping you briefed. It is going very, very fast. We met uh, this week with the development team 
Um, literally, technically it could be done in like three weeks, but that's not realistic because a lot of other things have to happen. But the code is not the problem at this point. The point, the problem right now is making sure all the websites are up and then you have to make sure that the um, uh, regulatory issues are taken care of. Um, the David, Benjamin Davis, what's the link? I think I gave it to you, uh, www.oc.gold slash Ken to talk to Ken. And um, we will, um, or just send an email to invest at originclear.com and we'll be happy to talk to you. Or you know what? Send an email to CEO, me, CEO at originclear.com and I'll be happy to respond. It's a little known secret that every single newsletter that goes out from me, you can reply to, and it'll come in my inbox. So, and I will do my best to answer. With that, we have gone over long, but I think it was very constructive. Thank you very much for your time, everyone. Um, and I look forward to talking to you next week. It gets more exciting all the time. As you can see, we have a heck of a strategy to really change things, starting with our basic building operation, moving into water on demand, and then ending up with this um, water coin for the world. Very exciting. So thank you very much. I'm going to now tune out to allow Heather to catch up with her translating and I'll see you next week. Good night, everybody. Mm -hmm.